Hey guys. Hi. We, um, we've been talking to you guys forever about something that we're working on for the shop and we wanted to let you know we did it. It's ready. It's here. Do you want to tell them? I mean, you deserve to tell them what it is. Well, we had a specific thing in mind and we wanted to get it right. So we kind of took a while getting <laughs> we this to really, you. We've been working on this idea since what last, I mean, for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, we basically have some new feminism is poison yes. designs. Um, and we will be ordering one of each thing. Yep. Uh, mug, sticker, t-shirt, mm -hmm. feminism is poison. We have an apron, apron. as well. Yes. Um, and we're potentially going to expand the uh, mm -hmm. what it's on. So if we are missing something, you can let, let us, us know. know. And go to shopsheologians.com. You can find it there. And don't forget, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get a 10% discount. So that's it. Enjoy the show. Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. pounds. Oh. Steve Hansen says he has seen a lot during his eight years with the Sawatch Sheriff's Department. Oh yeah, most definitely. But nothing like what he saw inside this house in Crestone last week. A partially decomposed woman's body. And that was just the beginning. Definitely strange and out of the ordinary. Corporal Hansen said the body was found in the back room of the house, set up on what appeared to be some type of a shrine in a sleeping bag on a bed. He also said the body was fully clothed, decorated with Christmas lights, and with glitter makeup around its eyes. I'm really not sure what to think about this whole thing. The body has not yet been positively identified, but a witness named in the arrest warrant said it belonged to Leah Carlson, the leader of the cult Love Has Won, who also goes by the name Mother God. The Sawatch Sheriff's Department says the cause of death has not yet been determined, but it does not appear that foul play was involved. Seven people have, however, been arrested and charged with abuse of a corpse essentially not taking proper care of a dead body. They were all in the house when the body was found. According to the arrest warrant, five of the people who were arrested drove Carlson's body from California to Colorado recently. I've never seen a group of people be so nonchalant about a dead person in their back room. Does it concern you that you live so close to them? Yeah, it does. Mark Adams says he has lived near the Love Has Won house for the past three years. He says he's never had any problems with the people who live there. They usually keep to themselves. But is now deeply concerned after hearing the news. Having an occult live this close to me, it's really, it's really kind of crazy. Keeping the dead in, in, inside the house. Why would you want to do that? In Crestone, Matt Jablo, 9 News. Yeah, that's a good question. A 13-year-old girl and a 2-year-old boy were asleep in the home when sheriff's deputies found the body. They were said to be in good condition. The seven people arrested were also charged with child abuse for having the children in the house with a dead body. All right. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Cultish and Sheologians. This is a this thing. Is, this is a, we do this, it once a year. I know this is the third. This is the third uh, time together. Yeah, uh, talking about it. And what are we put? Are we here to put the the she- her and mother? Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, yes. Uh, I knew you had something. But, yeah, that's 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 your thing, not yeah. ours. So uh-huh. it'd be kind of weird if we started doing like ours. It'd be kind of cultish. We it would be. It would be. Yeah. Her and something don't steal our thing i know that'd be, that'd be <laughs> Plus, yeah it'd be theft and also it would be cultish now you're mansplaining theft <laughs> <laughs> you're really putting the heat in theft <laughs> oh my goodness yes and so i think that so the very first time we ever m- did our thing together mm-hmm. it was with jeff uh, mm-hmm. you were you were still the super sleuth sleuthing in the background mm-hmm. now you're sleuthing behind the microphone we were talking about alien alien contact bob lazar all about aliens. You make me talk about the weirdest things. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like you make me talk about weird stuff. <laughs> like I know. It's just it's like a thing. And now and now it's like I'm talking about weird stuff and now me and your husband are becoming besties. I know. We got a little bromance going on. <laughs> he's like texting me and he's like, I'm going to the cigar lounge with Jerry. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> I know. Like lately it's like the first time when he was like we was like cool and stuff, and all of a sudden the second time he just looked so happy to see me. And I was like, Wow, this is <laughs> This is something really special. So. It might be because you gave us that opportunity to win at Celestial Pursuit. Mm. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that that was fun. That I mean, was very as fun. little as we knew, uh, we probably knew 0.5 of all the questions that they were asking. So anyone who was wondering is that uh, an episode we had a while back, we were talking about Celestial Pursuit. It was a this the Mormon version of Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. We had a fan who messaged us and said, "I have a copy." of the old you can't buy this anywhere and they just sent it to us and i'm like what do i do and i we just set up a time to hang out and do a facebook invite invite a couple people over and uh-huh. learn a whole bunch of things in random yeah which i don't remember any of it so <laughs> well i know one of the questions we had to spell apostle because we played the kids questions because right. we weren't confident yeah. <laughs> that we could we had to know like you knew Joseph Smith's brothers, like you knew one of Joseph Smith's brothers' names. Eric knew one of his names. So, like together, yeah. we, we all like knew enough mm-hmm. to make it through a game. But it was the kid question, yes. so I don't want to take too much credit. Like this is mm-hmm. what Mormon children should. We know it. We know as much as Mormon children. It right. seems. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like the Mormon version of "Are you smarter than a fifth grader?" Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, and some of the some of the questions were like, "You're never going to get this in a million years because you're." You don't go to a ward every right. You haven't Sunday. been taught this stuff, right? Yeah, but I just we won. It was a comeback Our team too. Won. We were <laughs> wrecking was, you guys right. at oh, first, right. and then I'm oh. sorry, Andrew lost. So yeah, I, 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 I wasn't gonna say it. I got wrecked. So your team won. <laughs> well, he got invited to the party. Yeah, yeah. I won. I won actually. <laughs> <laughs> so your team won, and then Love has won. Oh yeah, know, there we go. Then, yeah, which we're gonna be talking about. <laughs> And also last, yeah, segue. And also uh, last year, uh, we did have to preemptively apologize to absolutely no one when we did the uh, Handmaid's Tale last year. Mm -hmm. I'm still unapologetic for everything I said. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, so it was just uh, we were talking about you know what had become a symbol, uh, a cultic, uh, a cultish symbol for murdering babies, which is that what the Handmaid's Tale is all about. We make no apologies for that. No. Um, So. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's here we uh, are again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very little apologies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still, many things change. The apologies. Yes. Do not. So, we are here today for the third time uh, to talk about a very unique circumstance in that took place in the news. So, this was something that was kind of going back and forth uh, in the news. This uh, lady made an appearance on Doctor Phil. She seemed very unstable, very erratic. She labels herself as Mother God. And was kind of in the news. And all of a sudden, if you heard that clip, what ended up happening is that she passed away. And who not typically if you have a loved one who passes away, you don't wrap them up in Christmas lights and sort of carry them around like weekend at Bernie's. Not typically. It's it's a little body. Yeah, it's a little it's a little extra. It's a little out there. Just it had this reminiscence of Heaven's Gate. Right. of a weird sort of death ritual. And mm-hmm. so that's immediately what came to mind. And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of put together a conversation about it. So what we ended up getting in contact with someone who is a fan uh, who loves her content, who actually lives where in a place in Colorado, which he'll talk about, which has really became the trajectory of where this cult started. Love has one, because what's always interesting is that it's not just a cult that starts or that launches, there's usually a sociological demographic. Sometimes it just, it just has to do with the socio-political circumstances going on. So you look at uh, what, how Jim Jones started back uh, in the 70s with all the different uh, civil rights movement and everything going on in that regard. Or even a, a, there's different cults like the uh, David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. And that happens sort of, there's a lot of them and the, and the Heaven's Gate. They came on on the scene prior to the year 2000 on the eve of the millennium. So there are almost a lot of these millennial cults that started then. And then sometimes it just, it happens to be a small town where there's something unique going on. So we have us with us today. We have Stephen Burns and uh, how are you doing my friend? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, good. So you reached out to us and uh, so tell us where exactly you live in Colorado. You said it's somewhere out in the middle of nowhere out in the middle of Colorado. What's the place called? Yeah, it's basically all of Colorado's out in the middle of nowhere, but it's called Monta Vista. It's where I live. Okay. And it's it's in the middle or give or take of the San Luis Valley, which is largely where Love Has One set up their headquarters. Okay. Okay, fascinating. And so just go ahead and let's just, just take us into that area to explain the origins of where you live in the background and just because what you were just talking to me a little bit on the phone, I figured we, just, we had to save it for the podcast because it's so mm-hmm. fascinating. So... What is it about the area that would have made Love Has Won, this cult that made the headlines, uh, like I said, we heard the news clip, this is where they launched off from. What is it about the environment and the history and the origins of it that would have made uh, to be a trajectory to launch from for Love Has Won? Yeah, so the San Luis Valley is like a separate state entirely from Colorado. That's kind of the way everybody treats it. Um, And when the whole story came out about love was one the leader being mummified and all that's like oh another cult another day whatever <laughs> i mean there it's pretty oh. normal here it's not like a super crazy occurrence it's like okay somebody did something weird that's that's san luis valley for you um so the area itself has some fascinating ties to cults uh to indians to ufos all this different stuff uh, it's about the size of connecticut um and we're about as flat as Kansas, but surrounded by mountains, and we end up being one of the coldest places in North America at times. Um, it's wow. all desert here. 
According to psychics, this is really interesting. We sit on a large crystal bed that produces this wonderful aura for communicating with outside hmm. personalities. <laughs> um, and then the charismatic churches in the valley, which are churches in general, a few and far between here, but the charismatic churches talk about a strong satanic control over the whole area. Um, and so getting into why that is kind of starting from the beginning helps with the native Americans. So you have the Taos Indians and the Navajo Indians. They nicknamed the Valley, the bloodless Valley. Um, and they treated it as this sacred place. Um, they never had any permanent settlements here at all. And they would never have any wars or any battles here. Um, they would come here almost for like a spiritual pilgrimage in a sense. And so from the beginning, it's been this very spiritual place. And so you can see that thread continuing. One of the big spiritual aspects to the valley here is the um, Blanca Massif. Um, Mount Blanca is the main peak there. Um, and it's one of the largest mountains in uh, North America. And it was considered to be like one of the four sacred um, points of the Navajo Indians. So they have four sacred pillars and that was one of them. They believed it was mounted to the earth by the lightning of the gods and all these different things. Um, another aspect of the Indians is they believed the Navajo and the Taos Indians believed that during a great flood, wonder what that was, they, they entered into Mount Blanca through a cave and emerged in the middle of the valley near an area called the San Luis Lakes after the great flood. Um, and so that was when they were entering. Now there's different mythologies around that, but, but yeah, the Indian presence has waned a lot, but their influence is still definitely here. Um, and so that was, that's kind of the base of where the spiritual aspects came from. But then you have the, the cult aspect, which I think is really fascinating. The first known cult to come to the Valley came in the 1880s. And mm. it was a Catholic cult called the Los Hermanos Penitente which just means the penitent brothers. And if you know anything about medieval flagellation, not flagellation, um, flagellation, <laughs> they're, they're a very interesting group. Um, and so basically when their time to shine comes as Lent, um, they uh, beat themselves with whips. They wrap barbed wire around their ankles. That way, every time they take a step, it cuts deeper into their flesh. Um, they do crucifixion reenactments, all these different kinds of things. And as a way of being these uber penitent type of uh, Catholics, basically. Um, but the Vatican considered them not Catholic at all. Um, so, I mean, you could, you could make an argument and many people here consider them just a cult in general. Um, and so they, they took up refuge from the Vatican who was trying to eliminate their teachings um, in a canyon called Penitente Canyon. Um, actually a pretty popular rock climbing area here, but it's got a picture of the Virgin of Guadalupe painted on the canyon wall. And it's certainly a interesting area. So from 1880s, which the valley was only settled in the 1850s. So just about the time it was first settled, um, there's been cults here. And hmm. one of the biggest hotbeds for this cultic activity is the town of Crestone. Um, and that should be a familiar town name. It's the town where Love Has One set up their base. Um, so a little bit of the background on Crestone comes with background in the valley. It's it's a desert here um, where we don't get a lot of rain. Um, most of it's 
very, very dry, but we sit on an aquifer. So if you need water, there is water, but because it's a desert land is cheap. Uh, you can buy five acres for less than $10,000 usually. Um, some people sell it for $5,000. So if you want land, it's cheap. If you want a lot of land, it's cheap. And from what I've learned living here, that draws some interesting people to say the least. <laughs> um, yeah, not, like not I'm just... on my way, honestly. It's like, oh, oh, land is cheap. We, we can set up shop and, um, you know, for $5,000, build a little pallet hut or whatever, but to, uh, my husband cannot yeah. listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's the aspect though. People think, Oh, it's cheap, but then it's 20, $30,000 for a well, um, 10,000 or more for a septic tank and then solar because there's no electric in a lot of these places. So you got to spend $15,000 for your panels, for your batteries, all these different things. And then they, people get here and don't realize that. And so they end up living in what I was talking about, these little pallet huts covered in tarps where they have their 10 month old kids living with them in these negative 40 degree winters. <laughs> um, yeah. So you get just these crazy stories of people who just come out here and don't realize what they're getting into. It's like the book into the wild. They, they just leave everything behind and then realize, oh crap, <laughs> what did I sign up for? Right. Um, but so that's kind of the one aspect of that. But then you get the cults who are like, oh, I can get cheap land. We can set up a commune, you know, we can do whatever. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, the town of Crestone is right up against the Crestone Mountains, which I think are probably some of the most beautiful mountains in Colorado. But the area there was, they thought it was going to be this big mountain town, like a Breckenridge or a, a Pagosta Springs or those kind of areas that are popular around here. And so this uh, Arizona real estate company bought up a ton of land called the Baca Grand and they developed it, had roads cut in and did all these different things. And then they realized, oh crap, <laughs> no one's going to want to live here. And so they sold it really cheap to this Canadian oil tycoon named Maurice Strong. Um, and his soon to be wife, Hannah insisted that, you know, you got all this land for cheap. So let's give the land away free to any religious group who wants to build a religious center or a retreat center. And you can imagine who would come for that. But amazingly, it was people from all over the world. Um, so Crestone has the largest concentration of Buddhist, uh, Hindu kind of temple you can think of um, represented there. And there's no building codes in Sawatch County. So you can literally build legit Buddhist and Hindu temples. You do a, a Google search of Crestone, Colorado temples and you'll see them. And it's, it's just like you're in a whole other continent. It's... What an interesting place to live. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm looking at a picture of a shrine right, right, right now. Yeah, yeah and they're, they're really pretty, but it's, yeah, you just don't expect that. <laughs> no, this, but, it's almost, it's, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but it, it almost seems that, you know, you think about the documentary Wild Wild Country that came out. So it's almost mm -hmm. like, if you decide you want to just move to this one, I can only imagine you can make a movie out of this. Hey, just, hey, there's some free land. We can all go out there with our kids and, and start this yeah. new homestead. Next thing you know, you're in the backdrop of not just one. It's like the Rajneesh is like one neighbor. You got you got like the Branch Davidians is the next door neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> You've got, and then you got, you know, uh, Jonestown like to the right of mm -hmm. you. You got a whole set of interesting yeah. neighbors all in this one little small town. That's fascinating. It is. Yeah, and it's the town itself has like a hundred people, but the the Baca Grand is to the south of it, and there's about two thousand people who live there, and 
they're very secretive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't really know much about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody there thinks they're a psychic too, or an empath, basically. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. it's, I it's think a... everyone thinks they're an empath nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. in certain places, especially. Yeah. Is that yeah. Basic, or, or an influencer? Is that yeah. I know so, how everyone is feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. one thing, so you're talking about the different demographics and kind of the cultural aspects, but weren't the people who also founded the town, they kind of realize as well too that there's almost, there is money to be made in regards to the fact of you can have these giant communes because people will go there for spiritual retreats. I know mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about that on the phone, which, which also is an interesting aspect about this town. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Just the, the retreat center aspect you mean? Yes. Yeah. So the developer, Marie Strong, didn't really care about that. He just wanted to make his wife happy. But all these um, different retreat centers come in. So you have Tibetan monks, um, Hindu gurus. You have a Carmelite Catholic retreat center. Um, just, you know, it, tons of yoga places that are just like legit pagan yoga, um, which I, all of it's pagan yoga, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you just have like all this um these different kinds of retreat centers and that's that's the big draw for it but it's it's 45 miles away from anything any any kind of grocery stores there's a little tiny market in the town and so you're you're really getting away from everything and some people really think that's that's a great uh a draw for them and the indians um the navajo used to make like these yearly pilgrimages there even up into like the 1990s i don't i don't know if they do still now they probably do but Apparently, there's like these uh, different channels that channel the, I don't know, spiritual essence of whatever they're trying to channel. I don't want to know what it is. but And right. so they have like these carved out stone seats in the middle of these small little canyons or whatever that lead up to the stone seats. And they, they sit there and they earth. They they get energy from the earth. Uh, and they so, earth? Like like that's yeah. a verb. Like earthing. You ever mm-hmm. heard of earthing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Would that be yeah. the same thing yeah. as grounding? The people who will go out and they'll walk around barefoot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah the same thing. I mean, supposedly so, yeah. there's that there's supposedly some people would say there's a scientific aspect to it, like walking around barefoot. I guess. Yeah. Which maybe that maybe there is something where there's. It you, seems like in, all new age practices yeah. have this nugget of truth, but yeah. it's then yeah. encapsulated right. by all this absolute garbage. Pseudoscience, yeah. yeah. Let's get yeah. butt naked and sit in chairs carved into the, <laughs> the mountain. Yeah. We're going to call it earthing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> Which to me, like walking around barefoot usually ends up with me like st- stepping on something that ends up. I would have like new skin on the bottom of my feet, but that's because it all burned off. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't... Especially right now, that being our high next week is going to be around like the high 110s. 117, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, anyone who does i don't think there'll be anybody grounding next week in no. arizona no. yes yeah. so yeah it's a it's a brisk 80 degrees here so oh. it's not too bad <laughs> nice. so brisk but yeah so, so like the retreat center aspect of crestone has just been there forever <laughs> and so just these people come and they'll they'll spend a weekend or two and just get in touch with themselves get in touch with with nature um which yeah, as we know as christians is bullcrap but <laughs> um right. But yeah, and so it's it's it draws the, the retreat center type people. Then you have the the cults that just are there for the cheap land. There's also some other stuff going on. Um, Crestone has the only open air funeral pyre in the in North America. Wow! Makes sense. Explain yeah, that makes real sense. quick. Explain that. <laughs> for yeah. Me. So some lady got permission from the government to 
burn people outside when they die <laughs> basically oh, so man. like for for funerals and stuff like they'll do like open air ceremonies and they just think of it it's so freeing it's so good for the soul to be burned out in the open and it's, oh. it's great mm. and it's you know i mean I it depends on your view on cremation versus yeah burial which is, it's just still kind of weird whatever your view I mean, is. unless they're up i mean unless they're like out by a lake and that you know those old viking the show like vikings where yeah. someone's like departing now they're just they, in the middle yeah, of the like desert right by a golf course out there and burn them so <laughs> yeah the vikings were pagans jerry <laughs> i know yeah yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah it they, seems they like yeah it seems like fire, yeah you can you can do, in my opinion, to an extent, you can do what you want in your own private space. But having a having a big burning body burning fire <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the middle of yes, that's pretty interesting. Would def- definitely draw some characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, it kind of uh, it makes sense that in a town ta- in a place where you're trying to accommodate all these like cultural beliefs and traditions. It kind of seems like you'd have to, you'd have to have that. Yeah, that's that what they do stuff. in India. Right. They have yeah. a cast mm-hmm. that burns bodies right by the river, and then right. people bathe yeah. in that same river. You yeah. Know? Like, I wonder if they do that mm. out there. Well, that's why the government is in charge of it now, right? <laughs> right For yeah. some reason. Um, yeah. Now you have to request permission, but also when <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not, not maybe that saved us from a little madness. Joy is really processing this outdoor <laughs> yeah. pyre thing. Um, yeah. So maybe to some extent it's worked out in our favor that we have an overreaching government. I don't know. I don't know where right. I land on all this, but. <laughs> yeah. G- give an inch, they'll take your funeral pyre. So don't, don't let them do that. Right. No. Yeah. Um, yeah seriously. But yeah. So like Crestone is. I think one of the easiest ways to describe it is the wild, wild west of the new age. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like, we e- have, even... we oh, have, sorry. we have Sedona here, which is mm-hmm. very new agey, but it's almost very like, it's like a, that's the rich wild. That's right. The Ritz, the yes. Rich, the Ritz <laughs> yeah. It's like sort of the, uh, mm-hmm. like the hobbyists new age. Right. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you have money, you specifically plan to come mm-hmm. here, but mm-hmm. This town sa- doesn't quite sound like that. <laughs> yeah, no. And e- even the town's motto is the New Age religious capital of the world. So okay. they're loud and proud about it. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. So I mean, Wild West. This would be like a situation where it's like one well, of those classic westerns where you're you're riding in on your horse and everyone like every single building <laughs> is like kind of looking at you. People are kind of looking through. You like got a wooden, your, They're your closing their shutters. And your they're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of stealing your cows, they steal your vibrations and your energy, though. <laughs> wow. And, and they serve wheatgrass at the bars. Yeah, wheatgrass yeah. shops. <laughs> they, they do have their own brewery and, and cannabis shop. So, yeah, they have it all. Of course. Of course. Yeah, naturally. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. get a shot of cannabis and sarsaparilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. It's <laughs> to think special. Of like, what, that's probably what they do out there. Not me. <laughs> I want to go up mm-hmm. there and do that. It'd be weird. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Anyway, so we're talking about. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, like, and so that's that's like the from the outside looking in perspective on it. Um, there's only one, I guess, Orthodox church there too. It's it's a just a little old Southern Baptist church, um, and mm. he's on his own. <laughs> yeah, we should be praying for that church. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. For sure, he's. I uh, haven't had a whole lot of talks with him, but supposedly he's um, 
definitely in a pretty pretty lonely place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, did you already mention yeah. what's the do you know what the population is there? I yeah, the town itself is like a hundred to three hundred, depending on the time of the year. Okay. You have snowbirds coming oh, in and wow. out. So it's very but, small. Yeah. Okay. But then, like the actual town is that, but like the the Baca Grand, which is that land development that the right. Arizonans bought up. Um, no shade on you guys, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they bought up. That's like two to three thousand people, depending on time of year there. So there is a decent population there. Right. If you look at the surrounding area, okay. and then of so let's just say there's around 300 people that are there, and a lot of them are just are hosting these the shops, communes, mm-hmm. uh, what yeah. have you. Uh, now, what percentage? And, and obviously, it's, this is COVID has impacted travel and tourism and such. Mm-hmm. But you talk about the different retreats, and that's a huge aspect of the new age in, of just the new age industrial complex. Uh, you yeah, know, it's it's funny just because. One of the big aspects of the new age is a lot of times is denying the self. But when you actually mm-hmm. look at the money that is behind all the different speakers, all the different trinkets, uh, everything else, it's just it's astronomical. So, what would be the percentage though of just tourists typically of who visit that area in comparison to three hundred people that live there? Is there kind of like an average of how many people are in the town? It seems like a place that a lot of people would frequent from around the area. But it's supposed to be the new age mecca of the world at least that's what they pride themselves in being labeled as yeah well it's it kind of depends you you get those who are staying for the weekend retreats but i don't think that's the majority of tourists um so i mentioned the crestone peaks everybody in colorado wants to climb all the 14 or mountains the ones that are over fourteen thousand feet and so that's one of the places you can go to get to them um gotcha but then Crestone is also about 20 miles north of the Great Sand Dunes National Park. And so, mm. you know, that's the biggest draw. But on the way from Denver or wherever you're coming, you can stop by Crestone and just see the weird. <laughs> um, right. And so I think that would largely be the tourist attraction. But Mostly I mean, like there are tourism. Yeah. And like all the retreat centers are living on free land. So the upkeep price isn't that big of a deal and they they pride themselves in the being out of the way and the lack of people so they want tourists but they don't want that many tourists Mm -hmm. if that makes sense sure (laughs) yeah Hmm. but it's yeah largely the tourism is just the the great sand dunes though so you Mm. don't and it's so out of the way because the roads the way they go from where i'm at you have to drive over an hour to get there even though as the crow flies it's probably you're fairly close 30 miles yeah yeah you can see all the reflections of the temples and stuff when the sun hits them from here but you just can't get there (laughs) right interesting so it's very it's super isolated yeah it's it's very isolated um i was listening to a podcast uh, a year or two ago called up and vanished and yeah they're like a true crime podcast Uh the season two was on a girl from there who just disappeared her name was crystal risinger and his his first episode was a pretty good description of just like the Stephen King novel type um, aspect of Crestone. You're 45 minutes from the nearest police officers. You're on a dead end road that dead ends in the mountains. In the winter time, you can't get out for the most right. part. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a good place to to be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or to be a yeah. a murdering cult. One yeah. Or the other. <laughs> if you're up to anything, that's the place mm-hmm. to to be yeah. up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can do it for free. And, yeah, <laughs> and just the the valley in general is a hotbed for that. But Crestone's just like the the moth to the flame where they all congregate. It seems like <laughs> right. But there's 
more cults around the valley. They're not just in Crestone. There's one that's like a super legalistic Christian cult um, south of Blanca where I lived. And they're just big on the conspiracy theories and modern day medicine is just out to kill us and control us and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you have, you have it all over the place here, but Crestone just seems to be that concentrated ass concentrated area of it. Huh. So everyone just kind of feels free to like, even though some of them would fundamentally disagree with one another, they are still free to kind of, they they agree on this place. (laughs) They enjoy being able to do whatever they want. Right. Without yeah. anyone really yeah. saying don't do that. <laughs> well, it, it's weird yeah. to me that the person in the in that little news story then is super surprised by a dead body that's been <laughs> sitting in a room for a month when it's such a whack town. He's like, oh, yeah. That's like how it started. I was like, where <laughs> yeah. am I? Where's this guy from? Canada? I'm just start busting yeah. laughing, but I'm, I'm surprised Very that non-plus. he's surprised. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you live in Creston. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's just oblivious. There are some people who retire there and just build their house there because it is a beautiful area and right. the land is cheap. Right. So it's not all cults, but it's definitely not somewhere I'd want to retire to. They ask the one Canadian who's there just for <laughs> yeah. summer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to have yeah. some diversity. Check our yeah. uh, our boxes. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess you got. I think all people should now by now should have a pretty good understanding of this is just this is a place that's cultish it's, it's some cultish mm-hmm. real estate for sure in fact yeah uh jokingly there's a post i made a while back um it's a it was a property outside of las vegas going for 4.5 million and it was mm-hmm. this commune that was up on this hill and i was just showing this and like check check that out whoa is that not the perfect real estate to start a cult absolutely it, it looks it's a compound yeah it's like literally you can buy a compound for 4.5 million i'll just send this to you uh, as well too uh since you're just talking to us via zoom and we're here but yeah is that that's seriously like that's going as it's outside of vegas like you're surrounded by desert so especially if you want to isolate members or and mm-hmm. have that it's it's so weird especially you're talking about law enforcement's 45 minutes away mm-hmm. so yeah. it's and that's all one of those challenges too that a lot of times it's there's a lot of interesting aspects when it comes to cults and sociological infrastructure. Sometimes you'll have cults that will take over a town. And so what do you do, for example, if you have to escape, how can you call, what if you call the police, but the police is actually a loyalist to the cult that's happened. That's happened multiple times in different variables and places. So, yeah. um, Well, or a lot of times cults just don't do anything overtly illegal anywhere where a police officer could see it. They just do it. Hidden, yeah. Where Which most is why people they do like their to crimes. live forty five minutes away <laughs> right. from, right. you know, yeah, kind of perfect, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. T- and are typically they're forbidden from any sort of communication. They have their phones taken away from them. They can't really right. communicate, yeah. which means that how can you really contact law enforcement, anyways? Right. When you're mm-hmm. when you're stuck here, so yeah, the people who are out there, there is a, multiple reasons why they prefer to be mm-hmm. so isolated. Obviously, right. So it does make sense then, given the context that we've laid down, that it that. This is where the love has one cold. If you've seen the footage of her, she seemed to be a little bit out there, uh, just a little bit extra, you know, especially with her appearances and interviews when she's on the Dr. Phil show and some of the other uh, footage that is out there. In fact, I think they still have an Instagram account that's up that you can still follow some of the stuff that they were talking about where she refers to herself as Mother God. So it does make sense that she would be appealed to start, it would be appealing for her to start the movement in that town. So how did she... Like, what's your connection? How did she get? How did she get connected, and and how did it take off, or how did she get connected to this town? So, I couldn't figure out the guy's name, but from what I was reading, there was an older gentleman who contacted her, who lived in Crestone, 
he claimed to be mother god and he claimed that she was or he, he claimed to be father god and he claimed that she was mother god and i don't know if she was convinced by him or she was like hey whatever <laughs> this sounds like fun sounds and just went for me. it <laughs> yeah i mean the type of person she was i definitely get the huh sounds good to me <laughs> aspect right. more <laughs> yeah so hey you said it not me so all right <laughs> um and so she went up there i guess it was i want to say it was 20 or 2007 is what i was reading is that that's when she came up there she used to work at mcdonald's and whatever and had a wife and kids or a husband and kids i think um and so she left i think she was in texas and then supposedly there was another place that they also uh had somewhat of a headquarters that was clearwater florida but i think that one kind of fizzled out okay but largely they finally got settled in crestone and she kicked out father god and brought in a new father god eventually <laughs> um yeah i was i didn't as i was reading through whatever i could find mm-hmm. on the internet about this i did notice that it appeared that there had been more than one yeah father god and i was a little curious about yeah. that but it so, sounded doesn't sound like anybody inherited anything she just took over and instituted a new she needed um, somebody who was prettier probably that's what uh, it looked like there you go <laughs> um but yeah so amy carlson is her name and then jason castillo is the new father god I don't, I don't know the name of the old father God, <laughs> but I, I found a lot on just their theology and their teachings, which I found pretty fascinating. And it kind of gave me some more understanding of why the crazy things they did, why they did them. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, we can jump into that um, now or we can wait or whatever you guys want to do. Well, yeah, maybe just talk a little about what they believe, because aside from her referring to Mother God, uh, mm-hmm. that's really much all I really knew about the group. And typically people see the cult leaders having some sort of divine revelation or special authority that puts themselves above the Bible. And that's uh, typically Walter Martin's classic definition. But yeah. um, And the only other point of reference I remember having for Mother God was when we talked about the World Mission Society Church of God when we had Mike mm-hmm. Weiner on uh, a couple months back. We have those um, here too. Oh yeah, <laughs> not surprising. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's like if you build it, they will come. It's pretty much mm-hmm. what we've laid down as far as your town is concerned. Um, yeah. So yeah, just explain just a little bit of their theology. I mean, what, what's her? She seemed to be kind of all over the place when she's on Doctor Phil. But as you know, I mean, Doctor Phil is, is he kind of is a promoter. It's, sometimes things are, are are a little bit sensationalized. They show the most dramatic points to keep people tuned mm-hmm. into the show yeah it's still a produced yeah it's still show. a produced he show he wants it to be right exactly I, I was joking yeah. I, was, I don't know that he needed to do that very much yeah with her <laughs> yeah but... right I was I was joking yeah. I was joking like however 15 minutes if we're doing our show we just have like a guitar riff and Dr. Phil like welcome back guys welcome back every 15 minutes but um yeah so anyways what would be some of their theological foundations of what they believe what would be their what would be their orthodox? What would be what would be their orthodox creed or confession for love has won? Um, everything you've ever been told is a, is a lie. <laughs> um, oh, okay. That, um, so that, and that really unpacks or needs to be unpacked a lot. So, um, I, I actually found what looked to be like their brochure for recruiting, <laughs> and so I have a lot of quotes I found on that, and it's super. I guess interesting to, to say the least. Um, so 
they kind of start out, everything you've ever been told was created to keep you from the truth. And the truth is that mom and father created the first 144,000. And then from there, they begin creating universes and planets and expanding in creation. So they created everything. And I don't know, I guess everybody likes to use 144,000. <laughs> um, but here's what was fascinating. Then Jehovah, who was an archangel, decided to separate from all creation. He wanted to be God without God. So he separated from the unity consciousness and he began taking over planets. He began creating dark species and darker realms. And that is how we ended up with the dark and light. In the beginning, it was all light. It was all love until the original separation happened. So this evil, wicked Jehovah is the reason everything's bad today. Yeah, the God of the Which, Bible is essentially Satan in a sense. Oh, oh yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, oh, that, that's that's interesting, huh? <laughs> so yeah, that's like the, the foundation is just especially for a Christian is completely undermining everything Christians have ever been told, <laughs> mm -hmm. which right. it's very cultic, obviously. Right. And, obvi and of course the, everything you've heard from the, up until this point was a lie. Those people mm -hmm. don't love you. They lied to you, mm -hmm. but now welcome here. Yeah. We're telling you the truth. Mommy loves you. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Daddy loves you. And to, to, a, to a particular <laughs> type of person, that's all they need to hear is yeah. everyone else is wrong, and now you're right. right. Welcome to the Rightness Club. Well, and we'll get into this more in a little bit, but the, the conspiracy theory side of this, that really plays hard into that. Yes, right. everything is a lie. Okay. And so, but yeah, we'll, we can get into that more. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's true. And just mentioning real quickly, too, is that, you know, especially, I think, with COVID, it's just something that this is something we've all collectively shared together. And there's mm -hmm. been a lot of people going in and questioning quote unquote the official story or, or what's happening and i think just mm -hmm. within the whole realm of COVID, we're not here to say this is true versus the other but just the realm of the culture of covid now that we are in uh covid ad uh mm -hmm. Mar you know after uh after march 2020 ad is where we are yeah. right now is that yeah a lot of people have have that sort of fragmenting of reality or question the world they've grown up in and mm -hmm. that usually creates a lot of times of uncertainty always create people looking for answers and this is where cults really are predatory thrive. yeah right. they thrive in regards to being predatory in regards to saying hey we have the truth we have the answers but also let me ask you this in regards to saying the whole dogma of everything you have ever believed was a lie and you mm -hmm. think about the applicability of what a cult will typically do what the, i'm assuming would there be an aspect too once they start indoctrinating their followers with this where they would start telling them to disconnect from their family of origin or family ties because they are part of the lie and now you sort of have to take on a new identity and now I'm your true parents versus your family of origin. I know that's yeah. what a lot of cults typically do is that kind of part of the indoctrination process for well, yeah, they have they have something called the ego contract mm. that that they've talked about. And so and that 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 is explained better if you get into more of what their purpose is here on earth. Um, so what um jason or yeah jason castillo he's father god he is coming and he's gone to all the planets and he's ours is the final planet but all the other planets he's gone to and he's extracted the darkness and eradicated the darkness from him um, and now he's here on earth and he's finally trying to come take away our darkness um and they call our darkness the matrix um, go figure oh um so um, and the one of the quotes i have here is so mom created father and even though um, they told you Adam created Eve. It was the other way around. So everything you've ever been told is a lie. Sounds a lot like somebody from the Matrix. But um, mm -hmm. 
And so you know, they they call the world we're living in the matrix. And the reason it's called that is because the 1%, we have this evil cabal, um, lizard people, whatever you want to call them, that they even talk about lizard people who are trying to keep us from reaching our vibrations. And they're using the darkness to do that. So we're stuck in the third dimension. And in order to really be um, ascended like the other planets, we have to get to that fifth dimension. And so Father God is taking away the darkness. And now Mother God has come. And it's the first time they've ever been together in the last 19 billion years. And this is just so, the craziest stuff I've ever heard. I wish we could have a photo collage of all the summer space, like face reactions as yes. you're describing this whole thing since the beginning. It's so sad that anybody believes it, but it just it also sounds like just a really bad acid trip. Well, I'm I'm giving you the stuff that makes I guess minute sense. Um I I can give you all the other stuff that just sounds crazy off the wall that like Robin Williams is one of their archangels and yeah. Donald Trump was their father. And she was also Marilyn Monroe and <laughs> she was Jesus Christ. And Jesus was actually a woman. We've been lied to this whole time. Um, Can you imagine that? That was actually the case. Like Donald Trump starts tweeting back on yeah. Twitter. Like, hello, I am the true father. I am the father of mother God. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he claimed it. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't think he'd have a problem. Yeah. yeah at my this, my at, daughter is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not too bad either. Yeah. At this point after 2020 and as crazy as the world's been the last year and a half, that just, I wouldn't be surprised. But Nothing. Nothing um, surprised. But on, in seriousness, no, when you talk about this crazy theology on a serious note, it just shows you, that people have a willingness to believe anything. I mean, mm-hmm. when the Bible talks about the Lord has created eternity, put eternity on the hearts of man, is that we have this longing to do know God and to, and to feel mm-hmm. for him. That as Paul talks about in Acts 17, mm-hmm. we're just talking about mankind in general. And yeah. it just shows you that people, for a level of certainty, are willing to believe anything. I mean, sometimes people on the outside looking in will sort of mock like for example, Scientology. When you're going up the bridge to total freedom, when you're up, when you're of what the, you get involved in, when you start going to be an OT five or an OT six or OT seven, but you know people don't just don't realize that when you, I mean, part of it is psychological and sociological manipulation. But I think mm. there is this longing of people just wanting to have the truth and the truly they're trying to reach out for help, but they're doing it from the forces of evil. And I think sometimes that there is a disconnect between looking at someone caught up in a cult like this, where you have to realize that these are people that they're with real tangible spiritual needs and they're just going to the wrong source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's extremely just, dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just that aspect of truth. You know, we all want to know the truth and they really play hard on that aspect of truth. Um, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So as Christians, we obviously have the truth, but nobody wants that truth. They want their own truth. <laughs> uh, and so right. like one of the things they mentioned here was, um, uh, there's enough beings on the planet holding love and holding light that it's about to flip, about to flip to the light. And we are about to go through the great awakening and disclosure and everything will come out into the light. All truth will be known. This is the only truth that mother and father are here. Mother did everything. Um, for this ascension process and now she is ready for this planet and for her body to ascend we are ready to assist everyone and anybody who is ready to help wake up embody their higher self be love and who would like to participate in the ascension process because that is our role and that's what we contracted for wow (laughs) so it's just like you know we have truth you know and and all you have to do is stop limiting mother (laughs) and and you're going to be free from whatever else 
is holding you back from this 1% cabal that is keeping you and your ego, um, which the ego is your darkness, basically. Hmm. I also, I have to step in here for a sec, and I feel like it's very important that we add and, you know, maybe make sure we're all on the same page. All these people are doing drugs and alcohol oh, yeah. very regularly. Can mm-hmm. we just, like, all yeah. go ahead and say that this is not yeah. just, like, it's apparent that she is obviously yeah, totally Her family deep, believes right. that she's drink- right. that is going to die from yeah. her alcoholism. She has, like, mm-hmm. activated some kind of yeah. drug-induced, like, there's some kind of psychosis happening where yeah. she is actually yeah. Absolutely. brain-damaged or something a lot of substance abuse is happening so that's super obvious right but i just want to make it clear that Mm -hmm. there's no way she's the only one engaging in this kind of behavior so they're all like because sometimes that's not the case right sometimes people really are um -hmm. they're like if you met them and talked to them you'd be like it seems like you're here of your own will you know Mm -hmm. but these people are regularly engaging in mind altering substances to an extent Mm -hmm. that you could even be dealing with some stuff that like they couldn't reverse Mm -hmm. by themselves. It's Mm -hmm. easy to replace your identity when you're not even essentially in reality. Right. In the first place, like doing those types of psychoactive substances, which I believe the group used a lot of mushrooms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So using those constantly, (laughs) it's very easy to, you know, push yourself out from the world and just accept something. Mm-hmm. Right. While, meanwhile, you're destroying your brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're operating and um, may, for, for some people who have struggled with drugs, like this won't be a surprise, but for some people it might be. It's the best place to do it is when you're doing it within an infrastructure right. of people that are bringing it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you're paying in some way, mm-hmm. like with labor or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but you exist in a community where you're all doing it all the time mm-hmm. and it's supplied and it's not hard to get. Mm-hmm. And so that that is a very... Um, it's all contributing well, well, why, as to why it would allure a certain type of person. Add the salvation aspect to it, too. Right. So yes. us doing yes. these things is, as light bearers of Mother God is going to bring about the flip of light right. mm. on yes. Earth into yeah. the next planet. Yeah. You know, mm. like that's... It gives it a purpose, too, because like that's, that's the last thing that anyone who wants to do tons of drugs all the time wants right yep. is like an actual meaningful reason mm-hmm. to, to do, do to be it doing this yeah the connection between drug use and like pagan oh, yeah, practices oh, is so intense and undeniable and especially in the middle of the desert right yeah, yeah. there's Isn't something about thing? the desert in the middle of the wilderness yeah that, yeah mm-hmm. that's an absolute thing mm-hmm. i mean and it's like not to be too weird but like it started in a lush garden. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like maybe the mm. desert, I don't know. Why does the desert call to all these like pagan <laughs> uh, group? I don't know. Anyway. You gotta be yeah. on drugs to make a desert look extremely beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know what, do you, dude, I like the desert. Do you know what the solo reminds me of too? When we talk about <laughs> you too. involving drugs in, in a cold, just reminds me of our series with Don Manson. Right. And really talking about even when he was having his whole group listen to the Beatles white album mm-hmm. and how he originated Helter Skelter because he had him listen to it while tripping on acid. Yeah. And he also what's fascinating too about a lot of different cultures specifically a Manson. I don't know her intentions behind it. Obviously you could tell they were taking drugs given some of their beliefs and everything is that 
like Manson would go around the San Francisco district when he first got out of jail and would just see what different people were doing, what was working, what wasn't. And then he realized he didn't really take a lot of acid himself, but he kind of realized the potent effects that it has with manipulating his members. So he would actually get his members to take this different acid or the different drugs that they were taking. And that's really what kind of got into all the craziness, believing that the Beatles white album was, was some sort of secret subliminal messaging about this mm-hmm. race war that he was inciting. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like when you're talking about this, uh, with a love as one cult, it just doesn't surprise me. It, it, there's all this paranoia and all this extravagance. And, and then you see, obviously it turns out to destructive ends. Uh, one question I do have, I, cause I know we're kind of going up on the first segment here. What do we know about the followers about where they came from or how they got connected to Mother God. One of the things that I found fascinating, I don't know if there's a connection, is that if you look, for example, with Heaven's Gate and with Marshall, is it was Marshall it Applegate? Applegate, yes. Mm-hmm. That if you look at the people who were involved, it was a broad variety of people from all sorts of socioeconomic backgrounds, including very intelligent people. So mm-hmm. it's not just we're just taking a bunch of susceptible, you know, low income level people from certain areas of town. I would say it's very often not that. Yeah. It's not yeah, that. No, cults prey on people that are like extremely successful. They want the money. Right. They want right. obviously the money is a big factor. So. Yeah. What do we know what do we know so what do we know about the people who are involved and their socioeconomic background? Well and they've how that lived got it's been in a bunch of different places, right? Yeah. Like obviously it started in Crestone, but it's even been in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was in, uh, I think, Mammoth Lakes, California at one point in time, too, okay. earlier this year. Mm. Yeah. So what not I was just seeing... deserts. That oh. disproves our yeah. theory. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Clearwater, Florida is not right. a desert either. That's right. Yeah. True. Garden. Well, true. Florida has its own, has its own rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. That is true. Florida man. But, <laughs> but from what I was seeing, I, I was scouring the Reddit pages, which is dangerous, but <laughs> they they have a few different threads for uh, families trying to get their family members out of the cult. Um, and most of them were two years old. And mm. just from what I was seeing, like one of the one of the girls was the daughter of Jason Castillo or Castillo, the father God. And uh-huh. she's like, he's he's basically Charles Manson is how he is anyway. <laughs> and wow. so wow. I, I am terrified for the young girls who are in this cult. She's saying, because he abused me and he was awful to me. And I know he's going to do it to them too. Mm. Um, and then um, you see the, the one story uh, you have Alex Witten. He joined last year in spring and I guess he had a wife and kids oh, yeah, was making six right. figures. Um, and then you also have those who, uh, what was that? The lady who was married to, Tommy Hilfiger. Um, oh yeah. His, his ex-wife. Yeah, she was, she gonna was going to give him a, a blank check. Yeah. yeah. And like, so you have all these people who aren't just, you wow. know, your average homeless guy uh, hyped up on acid, you know, they're right. supposedly pretty intelligent, pretty affluent people, hmm. but, and that's not unusual. I mean, you had the, even in the Manson cult you had, was it the beach boys drummer who was mm-hmm. part of them? I mean, so you have these people who you'd expect to be, Oh, they're, they're intelligent enough to not fall into that, but it's, it's really anybody and everybody. Cause as we know as Christians, everybody wants to find the truth, but everybody wants to suppress the knowledge of God. So yeah, whatever right. whatever option <laughs> is available, they're going to take as long as it takes them away from God. <laughs> right, right. Hmm. But, man. Well, that's good. So I think we've got, I think we'll, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and just wrap up with the first segment. And I think in the next one, we're going to kind of explore the involvement of what we know about the cult, how they, how it escalated to where it was getting national attention 
and obviously what we know in regards to really the crime of what happened. Usually mm-hmm. when with something like someone who passes like that, you're supposed to, there's certain procedures you have to take uh, that does include wrapping them in Christmas lights, uh, if I can say the least. So uh, we will talk. <laughs> yeah. So we will talk about that in the next segment. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know what you thought. Uh, we'll, uh, this will be both on uh, your platform and our yes. platform as well. That's typically yes. how it goes. So, <laughs> uh, looking forward to the next segment. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in part two, where we uh, enter into the kingdom of the cults and all the craziness behind Love Has One. See you next week. Yep.